Welcome to the Family Worship Center podcast. Each week we bring you our message from our Sunday morning services at Family Worship Center in Beaumont. We hope you find this message encouraging. I've shared this before, but sometimes when I pray, I think about this. This was... Mm, 19 years ago, maybe 18 years ago, and I'll never forget, I had taken Hannah out to, uh, she'd stayed with my folks overnight, and I'd gone to pick her up, and she, she was a Barbie fiend uh, back in the day, and some of y'all ladies may have been Barbie fiends as well, but I, I'll never forget, I was, I was driving, and I just happened to look in the rear view at just the right time, and Barbie was doing some high kicks. And Barbie did a high kick that went a little further than Barbie could stretch, and the leg came off. And so I'm, I'm driving, but I'm, I'm keeping an eye on the rear view, and just the look on Hannah's face whenever that happened, it was just crushing. I mean, her world had, had just stopped for just a moment because her favorite Barbie, uh, the leg had just come off. And... I saw her for a minute. She, you know, you can tell her mind's just working a thousand miles an hour, and her little lip quivers. And she says, "Daddy," and I said, "Yeah." She said, "Can you fix it?" And at that moment, it didn't matter what I had to do to fix it. Walmart was on the list. <laughs> We're fixing this because that Barbie's probably going away. But guess what? There's going to be one that's going to take her place. And I thought how much it is the same when we go to, to the Lord and we just hold up all the broken pieces and we say, Daddy, can you fix it? And his word says he'll move heaven and earth to make it happen. So what a, a wonderful, wonderful father we have. Amen. It's worth a hand clap this morning. <laughs> uh, gosh, I wasn't planning on getting emotional this morning, but it's already happened twice. Um, I've got tons of announcements, okay? So bear with me as we work our way through these. That's the reason we didn't stop during worship and do the announcements. Uh, number one, and let me, let me do this first. I'm going to get Zach's microphone if you guys need to make some changes to it. This weekend was Hot Hearts, woo-woo, and uh, we do appreciate everything that, uh, that everybody did toward that, and Jonathan, let me get this on here, there we go, Jonathan's going to take just a moment there, and, and some of the kids may have testimonies or whatever, that's up to them. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know if uh, any of the kids are going to want to come up and stuff like that, I've asked a couple and they were like, no, <laughs> TJ said, he was like, can I put the word, like, what I got on the screen, like, that's fine? like so it's okay but uh yeah hot hearts was uh was awesome uh overall there was 54 kids out of all the uh out of everybody at hot hearts that made the decision to accept christ as their savior Amen. for the first time so Amen. it was really awesome and it's a great great thing to be a part of and i just uh kind of while i was there and stuff i was just like looking around and like of course you start you know, kind of looking back at all the kids and stuff, you know, I look at all the kids and I think, wow, they've come far. 
you know, and they, they've grown, and you just see that growth in there. And I started thinking, I was like, man, like, it's just incredible what God can do through somebody. And, um, and thank you to all those who volunteered for, you know, whether it being bringing food, whatever. Thank you to Acts of Grace for paying for the tickets. Like, Amen. I mean, it was just an awesome event. Um, and, you know, sometimes, like, I, I look at it, and I'm like, man, I get, like, so stressed out. I, like, get stressed. I get anxiety and stuff before events and stuff like that because, one, I'm like, I just don't want a kid to die, you know. <laughs> I was like, look, you know. <laughs> But, you know, so, but I just go and I look and I was like, man, like, you know, it's, it's awesome to be a part of, of something that God's doing. And, you know, I, you know, you, we, we can make excuses of like, well, you know, uh, you know, cause it's the inconvenience and stuff. Sometimes people don't want to be around smelly boys. It's, it's understandable. Okay. Only crazy people. But, but you know what though, when you see that that change in people and stuff. See, the, the whole thing is that we'll, we'll, you know, me, Pastor Zach will come up and there's like, hey, we need some volunteers to do this. Hey, we need volunteers to do this. See, the whole, whole, the whole fact is that I'll find a way to get it done. If I got to do it myself, I will get it done myself. But the fact is, the reason why we call for volunteers is not so that way, one, okay, yeah, it's going to be a little bit less stress on us. And yes, we need help to see these lives changed. But the fact is, though, the biggest change that happens is within you. And you'll start seeing different stuff in your life will start being changed and stuff. Because when we, so many times we just put the world above the kingdom of God and we start seeing with the short-term lens versus an eternal lens because whatever you do when you when you start pouring into these kids when you start pouring whatever where it's petra where it's you know men's ministry acts of wherever you're pouring into the kingdom of god and see sometimes when we lose focus on our short-term lens of what we're going through sometimes that's the way god starts working in our lives because he's like now that you're out of the way now it's time for me to start working in your life and so i just encourage everybody and stuff i'm not saying look you got to be crazy in order to want to put up with kids, okay? With t- especially teenagers, you got to be crazy and stuff like that. I'm crazy. I admit it. It's the people who d- who uh, who don't admit that they're crazy. That's the people you got to worry about. But but the fact is, though, is that just I want to encourage everybody: volunteer, find something to to pour into, whether or not you think it's it's for you or not, because you will be changed. You will be changed. Your life will be changed. Uh, just because these kids have changed my life in a profound way. And uh, and I can't say thank you enough. So thank you all. Amen. Big hand clap. All right. All right. We're going to go in chronological order after that. Um, I had called a safety team meeting today, but we've got a lot of people out today for various and sundry reasons. Um, you know, it rained. <laughs> And, uh, the Lord says, you know, pray that the day of the Lord won't come on the Sabbath or in the winter or on a southeast Texas day when it's raining. So uh, we will postpone that till next week because we just got some updates, some things on scheduling. Zach wants to talk to everybody about how to use the app a little better. 
as far as scheduling and block out dates and all that kind of stuff. So we're going to, nothing pertinent, but just need to have that informational meeting. We'll make that next Sunday right after the service. Uh, then coming up, uh, first Wednesday will be the 5th of February, and we're trying a little something different on, on midweek. We're going to go with the first Wednesday. This is going to be uh, basically Sunday service on Wednesday. Uh, we've got a lot of people that work uh, that, that it's hard for them sometimes to make all the Sundays and got a lot of things going on weekends and that kind of stuff. So we're going to try this out as an alternative service. It's going to be a full-blown service, full-blown worship, full-blown sermon, all that kind of stuff with probably worked in a little more time because it's a little more laid back. A little more time for testimonies, maybe a little time for extended prayer and that kind of thing. So uh, we're looking forward to it. We're excited about it. Got, got uh, several good feedback on it uh, so far. So uh, we're going to give that a try. And that's beginning February the 1st. Uh, if, it, if it goes, then we may look at expanding that and making that more than just the, the first Wednesday. But that's where we're going from from here and just see how that goes. Um, Let's see, baptism service coming up. We've, we've scheduled it. If you are thinking about being baptized, that's one of the commands the Lord gives us. And given time and opportunity, I think every born-again believer should be baptized. Uh, that was the Lord's great commission to us, going to all the world, preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So uh, baptism service on the 16th of February. So if you want to be baptized, please let me know, and we're, we're, we're planning that service. It's already, already planned for that day, but if you want to be a part of that, let me know. Um, Acts of Grace, got lots and lots of stuff. We've been talking about it. Uh, they're going to be putting a calendar out in the next week or two for everybody to know what's going on, but we got tons of stuff going on there. So uh, be sure and get with Lisa and Linda May if you want to be a part of that. Also, if you've been given digitally, and uh, on PayPal, this uh, 2019 was my first year to do all of my giving online. So I wanted to just let you know it's much, much, much easier for you to go to your PayPal account and print your giving from there. It's, it's, it's really difficult for us to go in there and individually print that out. Much easier. All you got to do is go and look up what you've given through PayPal and print it out. And bada boom, bada bing, it's there. If you need help with that at all, see me. I'll get with you and, and we'll get it printed out. But Miss Mona does not have access to that, so she can't give you a giving statement from PayPal. But we can, we can get in there and get it if, if you have trouble with it. So uh, just letting you know up front about that. Um, I think that is all of our announcements. And I know that was long, but sometimes you just got to do that. First of the month coming up, lots of things going on. So uh, be sure and, and keep an eye out for the bulletin, the newsletter that will be coming out. Be sure and take a look at your weekly bulletins. Yes, ma'am. Connection here tomorrow night. So if you're in that group, please take note of that. All right. So if our deacons would get ready this morning to receive this morning's tithe and offering. Speaking of giving digitally, you can do that. You can go to the website. You can, uh, up at the top right-hand side of the page is a button there that says donate. You can do it there, or you can give. Check your cash here, of course. And we just appreciate your giving, honoring the Lord and what he has blessed you with. So let's pray over it, and they're ready. So let's do that. Father, as we bring our offerings in today, our tithe and offering, Lord, your promises are so numerous. 
about that. That's a priority with you. And when we make the kingdom a priority in our lives, Lord, you promise blessings in return. And Lord, that's more than money can buy. So we thank you for, for giving us those promises and for, for being true to it. And Lord, I just thank you for, for a gift and giver today. And Lord, pray that you'd bless them all. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. The fact is, just in the last little bit, I've, I've talked to a couple. I won't call them out. I'll let them tell it if they want to. But we're telling me that they'd never tithed before, that they had decided to try it. Chad, let me throw this in there real quick. And that the Lord was, was blessing them because of it. So always lots of testimonies along that line. Appreciate your giving. I feel like I'm forgetting something. All right, look to Jonathan. He shook his head. I don't think we're forgetting anything. It seemed like there was something else I was going to mention today. We've been working on a sermon for several weeks, uh, two or three weeks now, and basically talking about our 2020 vision and uh, the, the scripture that the Lord had taken me to to look at was about Elijah and Elisha. So we've talked about that for the last several weeks, so I'm not going to go back and read it all. But basically, our 2020 vision, uh, you know, sometimes we need our vision corrected. We talked about that. Uh, sometimes in, in the physical realm, we have to have corrective lenses to be able to see things right. And what we need are the spectacles of heaven. Amen? To correct our vision, to let us see things the way we're supposed to see it, the way the Lord sees it. And so we've been looking at Elijah and Elisha, and then 2 Kings chapter 2 is where we're at, and if you've, if you've already seen it, we're not going to go verse by verse. It is a long portion of Scripture. But basically, we're going to come down just, I'll give you the minute run through. Elijah is, was called to be a prophet of God, and we know all the things that he did. You can read about that in 2 Kings chapter uh, 17 and into 18, 19, uh, and all, all of the things that he did. So in the process of time, he comes up and has this big blow up with the prophets of Baal. 750 of them. And he is facing off with all these people. And he says, we're going to have a contest here. We're going to see whose God really answers. And he said, you go first. And so they did, and they didn't succeed, and then Elijah, this is the Mount Carmel thing, and you've heard about it, and you've read about it, so we're not going to go into great detail there. But God answered in a big way. And then Elijah, just to show us that he is human like the rest of us, he has a, he has a confrontation with Jezebel. She promises him if the sun goes down before he's dead that she's going to face the wrath of God. And so he runs into the wilderness, has a little bout with depression, and uh, ultimately, he kind of has a sob story with God. I'm the only one that's left that's serving you. I'm the only one that's left. And, and the Lord kind of corrects his vision and says, no, no, no. There's other people that are doing this. And so shortly thereafter is whenever Elijah encounters Elisha and throws his mantle on him. In other words, that's God's calling on him to be a prophet, follow after Elijah, and kind of follow in his footsteps. So he spends time with him. They do a lot of things. You can read about that. And ultimately, it comes down to the day when Elijah is about to go up into heaven. And 
so he, he encourages Elisha to stay back. No, 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 I'm going with you all the way. Every step you take, I'm going to take. And it comes down to this. They uh, cross over the Jordan, and Elijah strikes the water with his mantle. The water separates. They walk over as if on dry ground. And he asked uh, Elijah, asked Elisha, what can I do for you? I'm fixing to leave here. And what, what can I do? What can I bless you with? And Elisha says, I want a double portion of your anointing. And Elijah says, this is a tough thing. I, I, it's not mine to give. And so here's the, here's the promise that I'll make for you. If you're with me when the Lord takes me away, then you'll know you've got an answer to your prayer. And shortly thereafter is whenever the chariot of fire comes down, separates him, Elijah's taken up to heaven. The only thing that's left is his mantle falls back to the ground in front of Elisha. So Elisha, you know, he, he's upset. He's emotional. This guy basically took him as an adoptive father. That's why if you read in, in, in 2 Kings there, he cries out, My father, my father! That wasn't just a light thing. He was crying out because he had lost somebody that he loved. And so he sees that the mantle's fallen, and he picks it up, and he goes back to cross the river. And instead of putting it on, he never put, hadn't put it on yet or anything, but he folds it up, and he strikes the water. And, but before he strikes the water, he holds it up to heaven, and he says, Where is the God of Elijah? Not where's my God, not where's the God of heaven, where's the God of Elijah? And I think that's important to, for us to, to pick up on that one little intricacy because sometimes that's the way we are. We may be set under somebody or we had a pastor that meant so much to us and it was like, uh, my prayers can't go anywhere, but his prayers were special or whatever it is. Sometimes we put people on a pedestal and it's like, they're so much more of a Christian than I am. You ever feel that way? When guess what? There's no ranking system in Christianity. <laughs> We're all Christians. We're all anointed. We're all believers. We all have the power of the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. And so ultimately, what it comes down to is, and I ended this way uh, last time, my question is not where is the God of Elijah, but where are the Elijahs of God? And so what I want to do is I want to look at the life of Elijah, and I want, to, I want to kind of think about it from the standpoint of, is God calling me to be an Elijah? And the answer to that, I'll go ahead and give you a spoiler alert. Yes, he is. He's calling you, men and women. That doesn't matter. He's calling all of us to be Elijahs and Elishas in the kingdom. And so one of the things that I want to look at is what makes an Elijah? What makes a person Elijah? And one of the things that we see that was reoccurring not only in Elijah's life, but in the life of Elisha, was that they always stood up for what they believed. They always stood up for what they believed, even sometimes at a cost to them personally. And, and in this day and time in which we live, and this is not a doggy downer a sermon, but ultimately I want to tell you that things have changed in this world. It is no longer popular, it is no longer in vogue to be a Christian. 30 years ago, Christianity was a social thing. 
And people went to church because it was a social gathering. And there were a lot of people who uh, uh, adhered to Christianity, not because it was their belief system, but because it was an opportunity to make connections. Social Christianity has gone away. And ultimately, it comes down to this. The people that are going to be left are those who really and truly have Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. We are called on to make a difference in this world. Our faith and what we're willing to do for our faith is, is public, uh, out there for the public to see. It's the easiest way to say it. There are people that are watching us because we proclaim to be a Christian. People seeing how we handle temptation. People seeing how we handle things in this world. And, and they're measuring not necessarily judging us, but they're measuring, is this real? And so, sometimes it's easier to look at things, and I, I started to do a little experiment here, but I, I knew what had happened. My question is this, what are you willing to do for your faith? And sometimes it's easier to get an answer to things by asking the inverse. Because... The Holy Spirit, the, the power of salvation in our lives is the power of God in our lives. But what's the power of this earth? What makes the world go round? And no, it's not love. Money. <laughs> Money makes the world go round. And so it's, it's the counterfeit. See, every, every time God does something, if you, you, you can look all the way through the Bible, all the way back to the first few books of the Bible. Whenever Moses had the power of God operating in his life, what was the first thing that happened? The, the magicians of Egypt counterfeited it. Anytime God does something, Satan comes up with a counterfeit. See, God has healing. And the world says, well, you need to go to the doctor or you need medicine. Not that there's anything wrong with medicine. God works through those things sometimes. As uh, somebody I heard a long time ago said it, so, you know, the first time you repeat it, you said so-and-so says, the second time is I always heard, and the third time is I always say. So I always say <laughs> that thank God for medicine. It's what keeps us alive until the healing comes sometimes. Amen. I mean, there were tons and tons of people that died from smallpox and from polio and all kinds of stuff like that. Thank God for medicine that counteracted that. But here's the deal. If God has something, then Satan has a counterfeit. So here's the thing. You can buy medicine, but you can't buy the healing. You can buy a house, but you cannot buy a home. You can buy friends, but you can't find a true friend with money. You can actually buy love, but you'll never find true love anywhere but through Christ. So you see what I'm saying? So my question today is, just to kind of give us a perspective, what would you do for money? Would you, would you do drugs for money would you sell yourself out to whatever somebody's whim is for money you know years ago there was a, a movie that came out 
It was Indecent Proposal was the name of the movie. And it was about a guy who somebody proposed to him that he sell his wife for one night for a million bucks. Wouldn't recommend watching the movie. I, I never did, but I knew the premise behind it. So, I'm always a statistics person. And there are several places that you can go and you can find some of these, this information. But one of the things, that the question was, what would you be willing to do for a million bucks? And, of course, if you take that movie that was back in the 90s and you uh, kind of account for inflation, it's a million and a half dollars now is the same money. So what would you do for $1.5 million? And so some of, some of the questions that were asked, uh, what would participants be willing to do for a million dollars? Almost 40% of them said, I'd euthanize my pet. I would put my pet down for a million five. And some of you are probably secretly saying, hallelujah. <laughs> I won't, we won't, won't, we're not making any judgments this morning. <laughs> but I'm just saying, if you have a pet you really love, you're like, I heard some of you gasp when I said it. Almost 10% said they would have a limb removed for a million and a half bucks. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, it's according to what limb you got. I mean, if you got a foot cut off, I guess you could catch your money. 1% said they'd remove their tongue. There was a study done several years ago, and this is an older book, and so I don't go by it 100% because probably things have changed to, for the negative. But there was a book that came out several years ago. It's called The Day America Told the Truth. And it was a a study, and it covered various and sundry things. But one of the questions in this book was, what would you do for $10 million? Well, up the ante just a little bit. What would you do for $10 million? And two-thirds of the people that they polled said, yes, they would do this for $10 million. So, so we're just going to go through the list. $10 million, this is what I'd be willing to do. I would abandon my entire family forever for $10 million. I would abandon my faith for $10 million forever. I would prostitute myself for more than a week for $10 million. I'd give up my American citizenship for $10 million. I would leave my spouse and never, never come back for $10 million. I would withhold my testimony and let a murderer walk free for $10 million. I would kill a stranger for $10 million. I'd have a sex change operation for $10 million. I'll guarantee you that would probably be higher today that would agree to that. And this one was the one that just really blew my mind. I'd put my child up for adoption for $10 million. Two-thirds of the people they polled said that they would do that for $10 million. 
And so whenever you begin to think about what would you do for your faith? Not what would you do for $10 million, but what would you do for your faith? Some of those people, two-thirds of those people said they'd give up their faith forever for $10 million. But Elijah, whenever it came down to the nitty and the gritty, he was willing to put his life on the line for his faith. What would it take for you to give yours up? A million, five million, ten million, twenty million. If we get into the billions, would it happen? See, here's the thing. All of us have a point at where we'd go, hmm, I'd have to think about that. And the thing that I want you to see is if we're going to be Elijah's and Elisha, all the way through the centuries, there have been people that have been called on to give their life for their faith. People burned at the stake simply because they were a Christian. And all they had to do to free themselves was say, I don't believe anymore. And yet they burned. One fella, as, he was, as they were lighting the fire and giving one more chance, if you'll just recant your faith, we'll turn you loose. And he said, how can I? Turn my back on somebody that's been so good to me. So ultimately, it comes down to this. If we're going to be Elijah's and Elisha's, we're going to have to stand, even if it costs us something. Maybe it costs you a promotion at work. Maybe it costs you a friend that says, I don't want to hear this anymore. Maybe it costs you somebody making fun of you. Maybe a friend that you've had a long time turns their back on you because of your faith. Whatever the cost, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. God's calling some of us in this room to be an Elijah and Elisha that puts our faith paramount to anything in this world. There is nothing. Can you imagine trading eternity with God for any amount of money, for any amount of fame or fortune or any amount of, of, of just being able to walk away with your life? Hey, I, I've said this many, many times. I don't want to go today. I don't want to go on the next bus load, but I've got my ticket. Amen? I'm looking forward to that day. It's that, it's that thing that God says that he puts it within us, and it, that is the hope, the blessed hope is what the Bible refers to it as, and that is the, the one day when we get to realize our faith. When we get to see Jesus face to face and we get to experience all the rewards and all the promises that he's ever made to us, what an awesome day that's going to be. God's calling some of us to be Elijah's and Elisha and stand up 
for what we believe. 